0: Welcome to CoPilots, the podcast where we watch not just one episode of a show,
1: but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second chance might just sway your mind.
0: Here, we take that second chance for you and let you know our opinion on if a show deserves more than one shot.
1: I'm Justice. Alongside me is my co-pilot Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be Lab Rats.
0: Lab Rats is a 2008 sitcom from BBC Two.
1: No, it's it's a Disney show.
0: You know, actually, now that you say it, I do remember the commercials for Lab Rats being on Disney.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe, I, I don't think Disney's done a show where they've taken a BBC show and, like, made their own original of it, but that happens a lot with shows, so.
0: Maybe it just aired it in England on BBC?
1: Uh, that's possible, but I think on Disney it was 2012 or
0: some shit? That's a weird...
1: I ended up on the Disney wiki page, so I don't doubt that Disney fans just don't actually give enough shits to, like, look further into stuff.
0: I had to watch this on YouTube. I could not find it anywhere.
1: We have Disney Plus, man.
0: It wasn't on there.
1: Yeah, it was. That's why I watched it.
0: There was this thing called, like, Lab Rats Extreme or something? That's like
1: a sequel they did. They have the original one on there.
0: I did not see it on there.
1: Yeah. Anyways, though, whatever. So, episode one is Crush, Chop, and Burn, part one.
0: It's called a snail. Episode 1 is titled, A Snail. No. Yes. The episode title is actually very obvious by the time you get to the end of the episode.
1: Yeah, but not snail.
0: You're right, it's not snail. It's a snail. Uh,
1: okay, what, whatever. Let's just get into the fucking episode, man.
0: Okay, yeah, so we open in a
1: lab. We open on the outside of a fancy modern house.
0: No, there's only two sets. One of them's a lab.
1: There's like three sets. There's a There's a living room a lab, and a school.
0: There are no establishing shots ever. I don't know what you mean that we open on a house. Sure. I would have liked to see some establishing shots because apparently there's a statue of Dr. Mycroft on a horse fighting a dragon, but... You mean
1: Dr. Davenport, right?
0: I said Mycroft. Are you sure his name was Davenport? Because I, did yeah, I think- know.
1: It was Davenport. We see, like things with his name on it because he owns Davenport Industries.
0: Yeah, we we've see we've things with his name on it. Because he has a Nobel Prize, his name is Mycroft.
1: Okay, Davenport definitely doesn't have a fucking Nobel Prize. He's a horrible person. But we see <laughs> things that like, say Devonport Industries. A fuck that, ton of them. That's
0: the only thing Mycroft has going for him is a Nobel Prize. He won it like 30 years ago and has been coasting off of it forever.
1: That does sound like something Davenport would do. Maybe Disney changed the names and added establishing shots. I don't know. <laughs> that's insane. Okay, so... You said we open on the, on the outside of a house? Yeah. We immediately cut into like a man carrying a woman inside and, in a bridal carry and twirling her around and welcoming her so, as Mrs. Davenport to so, her new house.
0: So I'm going to guess that's Alex and Kara? Because they enter the lab right away.
1: Yeah, I would guess so, yeah.
0: So so Alex and Kara are a couple in the lab
1: rats? Yeah, it seems that way.
0: Well, Is Kara still, is her defining straight still that she's stupid in eleven?
1: No, it's that she's the mother of Leo, our main character.
0: There are no children in Lab Rats. What did you watch?
1: They're not... He's not a child. He's like a young teenager or a preteen. This takes place at a college. There's no college in this, man.
0: I have no idea what you watched anyways.
1: I watched fucking Lab Rats like we said we would.
0: Yeah, Lab Rats. The BBC original from 2008.
1: When I said Lab Rats, I was talking about the Disney
0: Lab Rats. I don't know what the fuck you watched. I watched Lab Rats. Okay, let's just continue, I guess. So, Alex and Kara enter the house sure and now they're married and their last name is davenport
1: yeah yeah and and then leo enters carrying bags of stuff and drops them all because he's astounded by how fancy the house is
0: i have no idea who the analog for leo was supposed to be i have five main characters i have brian i have five Sit five kind of six i have five and a side character yeah eddie's a side character minty's a side character
1: Okay, sounds fun. Sounds I'm supposed to start.
0: Because we have Brian. He's like a curmudgeon guy. He's fed up with everything all the time. Maybe that's Chase. We have Mycroft, the like middle-aged doctor. Who... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's Davenport. We've already heard about that okay. one.
0: Alex and Kara. Alex is the head of the lab. Uh, that would be Davenport too.
1: Maybe they combine characters.
0: He's the only sane member of the entire group.
1: I mean people try to argue he's saying he's a horrible rich person
0: i mean he yeah a horrible rich person can't be sane typically to be rich you have to be a sociopath yeah and then kara just calling her stupid is a little much she just doesn't understand science in the least
1: i mean that's probably true for tasha yeah
0: and she's short that's her entire character she's short
1: she's not short in this one but whatever
0: okay so after they enter the house and leo drops his bags What's what's the general plot then? Because I I don't think we watched the same thing.
1: Okay, he gets shown a 3D TV. Not, tries to catch a baseball, hits a pad on the wall, it turns on, and it's a home AI system on a tablet called Eddie, who's just a dick. And then he's told to go find his room, and he's told just go down this hall. You'll see a room filled with action figures and video games and a giant TV. Keep walking, that's my room, um Davenport says. And then Leo goes to his room. It's large. He stumbles into a tablet again.
0: How do you stumble into a tablet?
1: It's built into the wall, so he, like, stumbles into the wall. Actually, I think he leans against the wall this time, and it's a number pad, actually. But he just leans against this number pad, and the wall kind of disappears, like it had a 3D projection on it. Wild. And it's just a... A giant metal door with, like, three red circles interlinked, and then it opens to reveal an elevator down? Like, this is the worst hidden thing ever?
0: Why would you put a hidden door in your stepchild's room? Yeah, and also,
1: why would it just be... Yeah, you don't need to push certain numbers on this number pad. You just push the number pad. So he goes into the elevator and down into the lab. Okay. I think they may have just added a large intro to this.
0: None of this sounds right, but if you tell me Brian was sitting in the lab the whole time, I- I'll believe
1: you. Uh, there. are there's three people down in the lab, but the first one we see is Chase. Well, well,
0: there's there's two people in the lab Brian and Mycroft. No, actually, Mycroft's not in the lab yet.
1: Okay, anyway, so how does your start then?
0: Okay, so Brian's sitting in the lab alone doing some work, and then Alex and Carr come in and they're talking about Russian scientists because there are Russian scientists coming to visit the school. Okay. And Alex says something about this Russian scientist being his top five favorite scientists. Carr makes a joke. He's like, oh, yeah, top four. And then Brian, oh, what, what, did, he, what did he do to be top four? The only thing he ever did was invent human cloning, blah, 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 blah. And then Mycroft comes in and he takes a drink of a cardboard cup. Yeah, And spits it out and goes, I think the drink machine is on the fritz Because this is soup, not hot chocolate And then this is when we learn that Mycroft has a statue of himself On a horse fighting a dragon Because Alex goes, well maybe if somebody hadn't blown the entire department's budget On a statue of themselves We, we could get the drink machine fixed And Mycroft goes, yes, but it's a very exquisite statue of myself And then Alex says, did you have to be on a horse though? What was the point? And Mycroft goes, well you certainly can't find a dragon from foot That looks stupid
1: <laughs> <laughs> Also though
0: how is the drink machine
1: broken? It's still dispensing a hot liquid. It just means someone put soup in instead of hot chocolate, right?
0: Oh, I think it's one of the drink machines with, like, different buttons. And, like, you hit one. And so he hit the hot chocolate button and the soup came out when there's supposed to be a soup button down here. And he hit the soup.
1: Yeah. Okay, that doesn't sound... There should not be a drink machine like that where you can get both soup and hot chocolate from the same nozzle.
0: Well, they're British, so I think soup means broth, maybe?
1: Either way, you shouldn't be able to get savory thing from the same nozzle as hot chocolate.
0: Anyways, at that point, Mycroft sets his drink down and starts looking through the lab, like, in a hurry, like, pushing stuff over. And Brian goes, what are you doing? And Mycroft goes, I've lost my Nobel Prize. And then we get a bit of banter, and Brian's like, you. well, where'd you last have it? And Mycroft says, at a conference on deck chairs. Brian res- responds, they have conferences on deck chairs? And Mycroft goes, not normally, but it was very hot out.
1: Ah, uh, yes.
0: <laughs> it- <laughs> It, it's it's funny, like, I, I, the show...
1: Yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, this version of Labrat sounds better than the Disney one. Because, uh, let's see, my next bit. Leo's astounded by the fact that there's a secret lab in his basement. Then he hears a voice, so he hides behind some very, very large yellow barrels.
0: We later learn from the dean that the dragon that Mycroft statue is fighting is also student housing.
1: Hey, it's supposed to be metaphorically representative of student housing? Or it's actually so large, students live inside of it?
0: The second one... <laughs> It's kind of badass, actually. <laughs> God.
1: Oh, uh, this show's stupid. So, so he has behind some barrels, and then a younger teen, not younger than him, but a young teen, comes in, closes the door, yells something to someone who's following him about how they won't be able to get through because the steel doors are as thick as their head. And the teen's wearing, like, almost tactical armor. Like, it's black and has, like, the shoulder bits, the armor on the front and back. Like, and... like shield armor. Nah, shield armor looks better. It oh, looks like the
0: shield. Okay, never mind. You don't know what I'm talking about.
1: And it also has the red circles all over it, and it doesn't look great. But then the door gets knocked down by someone else, like dents it, and then knocks it down. And then in walks another teen wearing essentially just the same outfit this new teen's larger taller and he's harassing the one who locked him in or out as subjective i guess about how he took his epod because yeah we can't say ipod apple might sue and so the taller one who seems to be stronger given the fact that you know he did knock down steel doors proves it on camera i guess by picking the tinier one up with one hand really high in the air and then they're just fighting about this music device when in walks a girl in the same outfit both the guys are wearing the same same like legit same outfit tactical armor and everything Except, of course, let's not give the female character the same protection. She doesn't have the vest. She just has, like, some shoulder pads and knee pads. Because, yeah, who, who cares about safety? We need to... Because boobs. Yeah, really. Like, man, I hate shit. Speaking of boobs, Mycroft,
0: still looking for his Nobel Prize, realizes it's not in the lab, so he decides to leave the lab to go look for it elsewhere. Yeah. And Alex goes, you can't leave. The Russian scientists are almost here. It's very important. This is human cloning we're talking about. Not rabbit ears on mice or tits on a lizard. And my Croft gets very offended. He and he's like, I thought those tits looked very nice on that lizard. And Alex sighs and goes, Well, maybe while it was sitting up, but like when it tried to crawl, its legs just weren't long enough, and it was very sad.
1: It, It would be sad, I guess, yeah. Disturbing, most likely, on both accounts, really, but. So we find out that the girl has the MP3, basically. She insults the strong guy's taste in music, goes to leave. He gets upset, shoots lasers at her, like heat vision. What? Yeah. And, you, you and, me- and then she goes, oh, no, you didn't, basically. And rushes over and shoves him. And by rushes, I mean she uses speed powers to shove him. He hits barrels. Then Leo sees them. They see Leo. They all scream.
0: Are you telling me that there are superpowers?
1: I told you he was super strong. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but, like, I thought you just meant, like, he could lift a table by himself. No, Uh,
1: he can can dent still doors and knock them down with two hits. Oh, shit. And apparently has heat vision.
0: So, anyways... Alex is all excited for the Russian scientist to come visit because the Russian scientist is his fourth favorite scientist of all time. Yeah. And he goes to the locker where his lab coat is and grabs it and puts it on, only to realize it's pink. Okay. He goes to look at the schedule for who's supposed to do laundry. It was Kara. So he kind of like, gets ready to get mad at Kara and Kara's like, don't look at me. Minty did the laundry. She said I was too short to use the washing machine. Because again, Kara's eleven, and the entire show makes nonstop jokes about her being short.
1: I mean, she's short, so go for the easy jokes, I guess.
0: Yep. Alex then is like, I gotta go to to the dean this laundry schedule isn't working and when he goes to talk to the dean we get a bunch of gay jokes because he's wearing a pink lab coat also because of his hair apparently he just has curly hair it's a little unkempt nothing exciting that said this scene has a very funny gag
1: yeah okay. Alex
0: sits down at the desk to talk to the dean mm-hmm. and while they're talking he notices a tin of cookies on the desk oh Okay. He opens the tin and there's a light coming from the tin. So he reaches in. And so pulls they're
1: really delicious cookies. That's what cartoons tell me.
0: So he reaches in and he pulls out a light bulb that's lit. It's just not attached to anything. It's just a light bulb. He uh. looks at the date and he goes, how? And he goes, I don't know. That's why I keep it in a tin. It frightens me. <laughs> also, also, she's Dutch. So she has a Dutch accent the entire time she's saying this. Okay. I don't know. That's why I keep it in a tin. It frightens me.
1: You know what? That's actually funny. You want to know how much I laughed during my show so far? Like, during, I guess, the different
0: version of Lab Rats I watched? Look, I'm just saying, Disney really fucking nerfed this show, apparently.
1: Yeah, there were like five instances of canned laughter in the first two minutes.
0: I mean, to be fair, this version of Lab Rats from BBC, I was on the wiki for it, and one of the reviews was like, the audience doesn't know when to laugh appropriately, so the show is filled with jokes that are barely funny, but have to be paused for laughter by the audience. So I guess what what happened was the 2008 version of the Disney show Disney just
1: didn't want to have an audience do it. Well, when like, they redid the 2008
0: it? version of the show, like they were like, you know what? Those critics were right. The audience just laughed too much at things that weren't that funny. So no audience canned laughter. Let's go.
1: I they didn't fix it. Then they just kept putting in canned laughter and like two minutes, like four or five instances of canned laughter. Let's see. Leo finds secret elevator. He pokes his head in and says hello. Ha 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 ha. That's not funny. He gets in elevator. Eleva- we see elevator going down really fast. Canned laughter because he screams. That's within 30 seconds of each other for two things that aren't funny.
0: I'm going to wrap up this scene with the Dean and then you can continue with y- with your episode. Yeah. So Alex is like, look. I know we don't have a lot of money in the budget because of Mycroft. And the dean goes, yes, the students have to live in the dragon now, which is where we find out that the dragon is student housing. He's like, yeah, but you got a brand new chair. And she goes, no, it's not new, new. And he's like, new, new? And they actually kind of like do the new, new bit.
1: Okay. Uh, great. Which is
0: fucking great. She's like, well, it's new to me, but it's not new, new. He's like, oh, he's like, she's like, he's like, oh, well, but it looks very comfortable. And she goes, yes, it looks that way, doesn't it? And then she leans back and it has like these two arms that snap forward and lock her into the chair. <laughs>
1: what the and, fuck? and she goes,
0: it's an asshole chair. It's, oh. it's such an asshole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So on my end, it's intro time.
0: My intro was refreshingly at the very beginning of the episode, like before anything.
1: Oh, damn. Nice.
0: It's been forever since I've seen something like that. Very nice.
1: Cool. Let's see. Mine starts with... <clears throat> the world's first bionic superhumans. They're stronger than us, faster, smarter. The next generation of the human race is. And then we cut to Leo's voice. Living in my basement?
0: I have to say, the American version of the show is very weird. Yeah. The, yeah. the the intro for my version of the show is just whistling while an animated rat walks through a lab. Sounds better. Because, you know, the show's called Lab Rats.
1: Yeah. See, I get then I get synth action spy music with interstitial scene cuts of the show.
0: And there's there's an animated rat in the intro for each of the main cast members, except the dean. She just gets an animated version of herself. She doesn't get to be a rat. I don't know if it's because she's Dutch or if it's because she's the dean.
1: I think it might be because she doesn't work in a lab. <sighs> yeah so after coming back from the intro we see that the three i guess now bionic people have leo backed up against a counter and then he's just like i don't normally do this but and then he screams for his mother
0: so when we say bionic are we talking like the bionic woman where it's a human who's been rebuilt with robotic parts or you talking like bionic like the androids from so the, the first series of androids from dragon ball z dragon so ball? i wish
1: they were purely robotic but they're not they are a mixture of human and technology and then we learn that the technology shortly in a bit is really just a chip in their neck that somehow gives one heat vision and super strength uh makes the uh, makes another one super super fast and makes another one super intelligent Eh, okay gives them super senses eh, okay and the ability to make fucking barriers yeah but no i wish the were ro- you
0: can you what's the name of that guy from um epithet Race?
1: and my epithet is
0: barriers <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what I wanted. My epithet is Barriers! Ah, that epithet Erased is such a, like, Yeah. clever, beautiful show. Also, I wish his epithet was Bear Ears, and he made Barriers out of bears, because that would be hilarious. Now,
1: bears is our main character's thing. She's the one that likes bears.
0: Yes, which means she would have liked him more. <laughs> Tell so, me I'm wrong.
1: Leo screams for his mom, and then Davenport and Tasha walk into the basement, and he's just like, why the fuck are you down here? And Tasha's just like, why the fuck is this thing down what? here? Why is, why the fuck is there a down here? Also, why the fuck are there teenagers down here? And so he's just like, that's a boy band I've been working with? The twist is, one of them is a girl? They
0: have a girl drummer?
1: <laughs> and, uh... He immediately caves in the it day. He's like, okay, so they're part of a secret project I've been working on. I don't remember if he says it's for the government or he's trying to, like, lobby it towards the government. Whatever. But no, it's just these, um, teenagers in here that...
0: He's kidnapped.
1: They're engineered superhuman siblings. Adam, the strong one. Bree, the fast one. And Chase, the one I've originally labeled as the other one because I don't know his powers. But he's super smart, super senseless.
0: Okay, uh, is he their dad?
1: Um... He brags that they are the most technologically advanced biologic and robotic things he's ever built and that he is super smart and we do see a flashback in the next episode of them being like toddlers while he's reading books to them about science. So I think he bioengineered people.
0: Is this a like professor utopia thing? Or is this a like kidnap children and raise and like experiment I think on it's thing? more
1: of a professor utopia kind of thing.
0: Where he sugar spices everything nice them and oops, there's a bunch of chemical X in the vat.
1: Except no oops.
0: Yeah, except the oops was I'm gonna stick a chip in your neck.
1: Yeah, and then raise you isolated in a lab, never to, ex- to like interact with people outside of it.
0: Well, yeah, because if you're gonna make government super weapons, you don't want to have you don't you don't want them to have empathy.
1: Yeah, because like so he Davenport, you know, explains that he built these people, brags about how smart he is, and probably the best instances in either of my episodes of like just okay parts. Both come from Tasha. Like here, she just looks over at her son, like what the fuck did I get myself in- into? And Leo's just like. I told you to stay away from internet dating. Kind of amusing. And then, so she calls them robots. The three of them get offended. So does Davenport. And he's like, no, no, no. They're, they're biological. And then Leo sees some tubes in the background. He's like, are those time machines? To which Davenport says, no, the time machines are in the shop. These are equivocally just chambers where the, um... The bionics, as they're constantly called, live, eat, and sleep. Speaking of which, it's feeding time. They go into the tubes. He drops pellets from the ceiling.
0: That is an interesting through line between these two lab rat series, though. Mm -hmm. They both have time machines that are not currently
1: functional. Oh, nice. So they go into the tubes. He drops pellets from the ceiling, protein pellets, his specialized protein pellets that he specifically designed, because he has to brag about himself again. And they're forced to, like, catch pellets in their mouth or hands and eat them. And a lot full on the floor, and his response is just, what they don't catch will be breakfast tomorrow.
0: Yeah, because he's a billionaire.
1: Yeah, so who cares about human rights?
0: Yeah. So, after Alex has this talk with the dean, he comes back into the lab.
1: Oh, there's also a point here, as she's watching this, where Tasha just has the exact emotion one should feel here. Pure disgust at the existence of this rich fucking piece of shit who treats people like this.
0: They're not people, they're bionic androids.
1: No, they're not androids. Don't call them androids. Don't call them like. I meant Android, like,
0: 17 and 18. Yeah, yeah, but no,
1: it's still too much for them. You have to refer to them as either bionics or superhuman people.
0: Anyways, Alex re-enters the lab... And he, he, he goes to Kara and he's like, looks like we're going to be tidying our belts up. There's no there's basically no budget for the lab. And then Kara, because remember, her the entire bit about her is she's small, goes, I can't tighten my belt up anymore. I already have to put two holes in it to make it even fasten. And then she talks about one time when she was in traffic and something happened and I didn't quite understand because she has a very heavy Cockney accent Ow. and I fucking can't understand... 30% of the words she says. But Does
1: yeah. it really matter if you can't understand 30% of the words she says? She has a Cockney accent. It's probably not worth it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Alex. Why I
1: chose to bash on Cockney people, I don't know.
0: Alex suggests that as a way to save money for the lab and like build a budget up, mm-hmm. they look into solar power because, like, as an alternative to electric. Yeah. And Kara is immediately anti-solar power, uh, specifically because it takes light eight minutes to get here from the sun, and she doesn't want to wait eight minutes for, for, for something to work. <sighs> And then Alex tries to explain that, no, there's light already all around us. You don't have to wait. And she's like, yeah, but we're already using that, aren't we? When you look at something, you're using that light already. You can't use it for... It's the most well-reasoned argument I've heard as to why solar power doesn't make sense.
1: But it's not good reasoning.
0: And then Alex goes, well, everybody has, like, those solar solar power calculators, and those don't take eight minutes to work. And she goes... No, you would never catch me using one of those. And she busts out a calculator that's like the size of my entire forearm. Yeah. Because it's attached to two lemons that are acting as its battery.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And then because he's wanting to impress the Russian scientist, he shortens his lab coat up and goes, Well, gonna have to deal with the pink lab coat, but how do I look? And Car goes, mm a bit gay and then this is actually a fun callback even though you should not be allowed to do a callback within eight minutes of the original joke that's bullshit yeah and she goes well it's not really your lab coat it's more your hair which was what the dean said yeah and he goes i don't understand my hair is not attractive to women my hair's not attractive to anything and car goes balloons and he sighs and kind of relents he goes well yes my hair is attractive to balloons and she's like gay balloons
1: okay Okay.
0: And he he kind of like gets ready to storm out of the office. He's like, "Well, I'm gone. Nice and things up around here." And then he leaves.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I have a brief logo cut, and then we're back in the lab hey, again. But I actually have training. a brief logo
0: cut between between this scene and my next scene as well. Nice. My logo cut is it's a brief cut to the animated thing, and it's somebody breaking a computer with a hammer, and then it cuts back to them.
1: Mine's just the three red circles intertwined.
0: That sucks.
1: Yeah. So we're back in the lab. Apparently, this is a situation with all of the weird, horrible rights transgressions that has just been ignored and/or resolved off-screen, and now they're training.
0: I still don't understand how he just has three kids
1: I don't either I don't understand how his new wife is okay with him just having three kids. He keeps trapped in a basement.
0: I assume he lives in Hollywood. Because that's the only place it's reasonably okay to keep three kids trapped it, in your basement. It's
1: a fake town, but it would still be in California, definitely. Hmm, okay. So, they're training. This is where we learn that Chase has his super intelligence, super senses, and can make barriers because he blocks a fake grenade with it. Then Davenport leaves because he has to go be rich. He has an awards thing. Then he's going to get his boat detailed and himself waxed and says don't judge him, whatever. It's supposed to be funny, it's not. He's a horrible person. and He
0: sounds like the worst type of human being.
1: Right? So then Leo is talking with the three bionics and... They are just talking about school And they're, they're all genuinely excited about the idea of school And they wish they could go And Leo's just like, why? It's it bad Especially if you're the smart kid And then Chase and then they rib each other or whatever And then Chase is just like Yeah, but it's better than being here Here we're just lab rats Roll credits, end of show Please, please end the show now And it doesn't And Leo's just like, it can't be that bad And then we cut to Adam The smart one Not the not the smart one The strong one who is Definitively also by every sitcom trope ever The dumb one Running on a hamster wheel. A giant hamster will. And then they talk about school some more. And Leo's just like, you know, you should just go to school with me because that'd be cool. So they run into their tubes, which also shower them and then dry them and then puts their clothes on.
0: You know, it's probably child abuse, but I would want one of those tubes.
1: Yeah, but the tubes apparently aren't that great either because they put Bree's underwear on Adam and her bra on Chase. Couldn't do it if I just had the one tube for me. I guess, yeah. (laughs) And then they go to leave, but... The weird, annoying AI computer thing locks the doors and Chase is all like, I wish we could, but this thing is so amazing because Davenport made it and it'd take years to, to hack into and then Adam just reaches into the panel and tears out wires.
0: So Adam's the strong one? Yeah. Okay. He's
1: also apparently the fucking smart one because Chase is just like, hey, you would have to do so much. And Adam's just like, well, if we just destroyed the physical housing for it. So, you know, the classic thing of you can put a really, really strong door here.
0: Is this when Naruto shows up?
1: No, nah, that's in a bit. Oh, uh, okay. Because then we get another logo cut here and then they're into score actually they're all basically acting like super excitable especially brie who is almost puppy like in the excitement like it it's it too much excitement though she does have a fun line here where she just introduces herself to some people they just look at her weird and then she bounces back over to and she's like i have best friends now it's gonna be great i can't wait to stab them in the back
0: she has a very good understanding of high
1: school <laughs> right
0: <laughs> that's all i could that... yeah.
1: <clears throat> and then the bell rings and chase collapses to the floor because super senses <laughs> and That's a good game. He's right there on the floor. When Auntie looks up at Leo, and he's like, What? What's that? And he's like, That's the bell. It rings about eight times a day for about a minute. So you have fun with that. <laughs> Jesus. and then we have a logo cut and they go to gym class which we can get to after your show stuff
0: okay so after the interstitial animated thing for mine we cut back to the lab and everyone is in the lab except for alex and Kara has decorated the entire lab with christmas decorations
1: it's nowhere near christmas in the show is it brian does she just assume russian people are constantly celebrating christmas because it Br- snows
0: brian asks Kara why she goes alex said to nicen it up a bit he didn't say to seasonally nicen it up a bit and nice is nice and brian goes it's August. And Car goes, Yeah, but Russians love Christmas. And Brian goes, Why would you think that?
1: It's because it snows, doesn't it? All the snow? Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the british version of labret sounds better not necessarily good but better than the disney version
0: so alex shows up is confused by all the christmas stuff but doesn't have time to complain because right behind him is dr curtis tigers okay dr andre curtis tigers who is the russian scientist he shows up Makes a bunch of gay jokes, makes a a bunch of short jokes, uh, moves on to to tell them... So
1: he fits right in with the cast.
0: Yeah, he makes a bunch of gay jokes about Alex, a bunch of short jokes about Kara. Dude,
1: props on this guy for being able to read the fucking room, though. He's just like, (laughs) this is what we do here.
0: And, like, everybody else just ignores Brian's existence. Yeah. Like, that that becomes a plot point here in a second. Okay. So Dr. Andre Curtis-Tigers is like, so me and my partner, Billy Ray Cyrus, Dr. Ilya Billy Ray Cyrus... Okay, okay, Spelled continue Spelled B-Y-L-I-R-A-S-Y-R-I-S
1: Okay, um, okay. They,
0: they hit a stumbling block with their human cloning project And it is causing Ray Cyrus to have an achy, breaky heart So they're using Dr. Andre's grandmother Bad joke Who is dead Okay As the basis for the cloning experiment But unfortunately, every time they clone her The clone is just a little bit smaller than the previous one and At this point, he brings up an image on the computer to show
1: It's a smaller, better version No one else has to get that reference That's a reference for me <laughs>
0: And there's a picture of his grandmother, which is definitely just a stock photo of a Matryoshka doll. And then there's a picture of a slightly smaller version of his grandmother.
1: Okay, good joke.
0: <laughs> and then a slightly smaller version. And then a slightly smaller version. And then a slightly smaller version that's upside down. And then a slightly smaller version. And Mycroft was like, I see what the problem is. She's upside down, but couldn't you just... He goes, no, that's how the sh- that's how she came out. We can't do anything about it. <laughs> the bits in the show are all amazing that's uh, mm. anyways brian who has his name now written on his forehead because the dean never remembers his name and mycroft was like you should write your name on your forehead so she knows what your name is <laughs> um unfortunately he wrote it backwards because he like used a mirror yeah. so because everybody's been ignoring him this the whole time he chimes up he goes because the russian scientist is like we need your help and is yeah. like, yeah, we can, we can see what we can do to help. And Brian goes, not only can we see what we can, do to, we can do to help, but we'll have an answer for you in 24 hours.
1: No. No, that's not how that works, Brian. No one gave you a time limit. Don't make one.
0: And then Dr. Andre is apparently also a supervillain because he goes, temples his fingers. He goes, all right, you have 24 hours. Okay. And, he goes, and then he goes, I apologize. It's just a thing I do.
1: Is it a thing he does because he's Russian?
0: Yes, because later he goes, you'll have only 19 hours okay and then you have only 13 hours but anyways um the dean talks to the lab after dr andre leaves and she's like it's really impressive that you agreed to help him with this cloning problem And in fact it's even more impressive that that we're gonna be able to do it in 24 hours good job nerb
1: Okay, okay.
0: So then they're all sitting around the lab waiting on the um, mice so they can start the cloning tests. And Mycroft and Alex have a conversation about why they use mice. Yeah. Instead of
1: anything else, basically.
0: Instead of guinea pigs, because they used to use guinea pigs, he says. And Alex is like, yeah, but mice are a tax write-off. And Mike goes, ah, yes, councils always, yeah. And then Minty shows up for the first time. She Mm -hmm. is the dean's assistant. Okay. And she has a cart full of snails. And she goes, couldn't get any mice at the last minute. And since you only have 24 hours, I thought this would be better than nothing. And Alex freaks out. Because Alex has a thing about snails. He's both scared of them, and they are, for some reason, insanely attracted to him.
1: Weird. Yes. Okay.
0: This becomes a running
1: bit. Do you think this just means that stupid internet thing of you get like a million dollars, but there's a snail on its way to kill you.
0: Oh, he'd be dead by the end of this episode.
1: No, no, my question is, though, Multiple do, you, time's do you think it's a quickly like that, but, like, no matter where he is in the world, there's snails constantly making their way towards him?
0: Well, according to him, they want to sex him.
1: Yeah, I'm saying, like, do you think there's snails constantly on the way towards him, though, no matter what he's doing in his daily life?
0: Um, Probably. There's a subplot going through this entire episode that I haven't mentioned. So remember how Mycroft tried to get a cup of hot chocolate earlier yes. and it ended up being soup. soup? Um. Apparently, Mycroft has a chocolate addiction of some sort. Okay. Um, And he's trying to find chocolate. He had had a bunch of chocolate stored in the lab, Mm -hmm. but a character who we never see on screen, whose name is Fat Eddie, has been stealing all the chocolate from across the university. And
1: that does sound like a Dick Eddie move.
0: (laughs) Mycroft at one point goes, what do you think Fat Eddie is doing with all the chocolate? And Alex looks at him and goes, well, at some point they decided to call him Fat Eddie. So what do you think he's doing with the chocolate?
1: Yeah, good response. Like, use your fucking brain, Mycroft.
0: Um, This links back to an earlier scene where the dean had a Toblerone, Mm -hmm. and so Mycroft knows the dean has chocolate, so he goes to her office to try to find it. He can't, and she goes, it doesn't matter. If you found any chocolate in here, you couldn't have it anyways. And he goes, could too. And she goes, I would fire you. And he goes, you can't. I have tenure. (laughs) Okay, nice. And she goes, I could still fire you. He goes, I have a Nobel Prize. What do you think that would do to the school? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because again he spent 40 years coasting off a Nobel prize yeah so that's an entire subplot going on in the background of this episode alex comes back into the lab he's looking for brian so he can have brian help him unpack the cloning machine but when he goes back into the lab the lab is covered in lemons lemons everywhere and alex Alex is like cara what are you doing and she goes i found an answer to all of your prayers and she begins to explain how they're going to use lemons for electricity so she plugs a fan in and the fan starts running, and then it just stops. Yeah. And she kind of, like, has a bit of a breakdown. She's like, I don't know what's wrong. It could be any one of these 700 lemons that is faulty. Because it Fucking lemon
1: circuit, yeah.
0: <laughs> it takes 700 lemons to power the fan. And then she looks at Alex. She goes, oh, is this snow awareness day? And he goes, what? Because there's a snow on his lapel. He smacks, smashes it, and, like, mm-hmm. and then he turns around, and, and an ongoing gag for the rest of this episode, is his entire back is just covered in snails and snail slime.
1: That sounds horrible. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh-huh. Like I don't mind snails, but I don't want them covering it's, my body.
0: It's his lab coat, but like his pink lab coat. Still
1: uncomfortable.
0: So then Alex and Brian are working on how to make clones that don't that aren't shrunk compared to the previous version, and Alex ends up go- with a, with this idea to just make the clones bigger after they clone. So instead of finding a problem, so instead of solving the cloning problem, just inventing a way to make things bigger.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Brian calls him crazy. Cut to Alex in the lab With Kara Who has a five foot tall lemon
1: <laughs>
0: And she explains that She kept some serum From an accident That happened last year When it, when the government Confiscated all of the serum She's like I, But I hid some Okay Um, And he's like What did you want to keep it for And she goes It really cuts down On the grocery bill
1: Very fucking true <laughs>
0: But she's excited because she's made the world's largest lemon battery because she has a five foot tall lemon. Yeah. The lemon is taller than she is. And trust me, they make a point of making that a point.
1: Yeah, I would assume so.
0: <laughs> Alex then's like, hey, do you have any of that serum left? And so he takes the serum and Brian is like, look, we can't just use the serum. We're supposed to be solving the cloning problem and not inventing a way around it. And Alex goes, this is your fault. True. And Brian's like, no, I'm going to tell him. And Alex goes... No you're not. Mycroft, please? My and Mycroft comes over, he's like, what? He's like, locker? They nod, they pick up Brian, shove him in a locker, and lock him in the locker. Okay. And then feed him sliced American
1: cheese through the through the slits. I feel bad for him now. The locker was fine, but why would you torture someone like that? <laughs> um
0: so, Alex is talking with Mycroft in Mycroft's office, which is a mess, and Mycroft picks up his little nameplate, which is the- those two yeah, little yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Name plate, yes. and it dawns on him where the dean is keeping her Toblerone. Oh, yes. So, he runs out of his office, and Alex is like, well, it's time to go find it, see if I can find the other butt cheek of that snail, and he has a needle with a serum in it, and he goes across to the lab- but as he tries to open the lab door, the lab door bursts open. He stabs himself in the leg with the serum. And there's a giant snell, like Resident Evil boss, giant snell size yeah. in the lab now. And his leg starts swelling up. Yeah. And the dean, and um, he, so he yells after Minecraft. Minecraft goes, I can't help you. I know where the chocolate is. And continues to run off. Okay. Um. Then Minty comes by. And again, Minty's the assistant to the dean. He's like, Minty, help me. And she goes, it's a minute after five. I clocked out a minute ago
1: under fucking sandable
0: and leaves and he's like brian and brian's locked in the, locked locker. In the fucking locker yeah and he's like cara and Kara has just now turned on from the fan that's now connected to the five foot tall lemon and the fan is so powerful even though it's just a typical desk fan yeah but it's so powerful there's so much lemon electricity that because it blows, that's how
1: electricity works
0: and it blows her against the wall she's stuck against the wall she's like alex and he yells for Kara. they yell back and forth yeah, yeah. and then we cut to the next morning and this is actually the end of my episode. I just steamrolled you. I
1: realized I'm not even halfway through mine. Really,
0: <laughs> mine just this episode picks up steam really fast. Um, and the dean is talking with Dr. Andre as they're walking down the hall, and he goes, "It was very nice of you to be able to do this in 24 hours." And she goes, "Yeah, I'm really proud of proud of the lab." And then she, they turn the corner, and Alex is on the ground covered in copious amounts of white sticky. Yeah, yeah, stuff. And there's a giant snail down the hallway. And he goes, help me. And his leg is like three times bigger than his other leg. And then the dean goes, oh, for fuck. And credits roll. Okay. Sorry, I steamrolled you.
1: <clears throat> so after that logo, okay, they're now in gym class. Oof, all, gym all, class. All three. Four of them, so the bionics with Leo, are in gym class. No one has called them out on the fact that they don't attend this school, are on the class roster. Also, they are in uniforms. They found uniforms that fit them in that time period. So
0: I think, like, most schools are actually large enough that you could sneak three people in and nobody would notice.
1: You would think so, but because it's a television school, there's actually very, very few students around and this is a very small gym class.
0: Mm, That seems more problematic.
1: Right. Like, real life, I think you could do it. Any television show that does it? No, because they always par down the amount of people in classes so fucking That much.
0: said, my senior year, we did sneak our foreign exchange student into one of our classes that he wasn't in, and a teacher never noticed. Yeah. But, um, So that was a fun day.
1: Yeah, yeah, but my issue is is that it's farther along in the day, so they've apparently just been at the school for over, like, half the day. No one notices. <laughs> and more so, no one notices in a moment after... um. Bree catches a basketball that's thrown, throws it at a guy, and like knocks him on his ass, and we see later. He basically he has a broken nose. It has swollen so much and they might have to drain it. His nose is broken. Never gets like no one ever seems to notice that she's at school still despite that. But they're all just like running the fuck around. Uh they make Leo popular by helping him slam dunk a basketball. Yay. Then we cut back to the house where Davenport runs through the living room over the couch and stuff to the fridge, Eddie tablet, because I don't know why he doesn't use one of the ones on the wall, but he needs to use the one on the fridge, turns it on because there was an alarm in the lab and the teenagers aren't down there anymore. So he turns it on and Eddie's just like, oh, they're at school. But at first, Eddie doesn't want to like tell him because Eddie makes throughout this episode. Eddie,
0: Eddie is just a dickish version version of Jarvis, right?
1: Like, yeah. Okay. But Eddie makes several statements throughout this episode and the next that Tasha has replaced him.
0: So the house is jealous?
1: Do you remember Disney's Smart House?
0: Yeah, that movie was actually kind of like a banger.
1: Yeah, but you remember how the, how the AI mother gets kind of obsessive, especially when they start like doing things for themselves?
0: Yeah, is that movie's a banger?
1: Yeah, that's Eddie, but Eddie's a dick and not good.
0: In case you guys don't know, Disney Channel had a bunch of bangers in the '90s and early 2000s. Like, go, go, go! If you don't have Disney Plus, go pay Disney, your uh, almost omnipotent overlords, more money. Yeah. Um, to get Disney Plus, and go find some Disney Plus or uh, Dis- Disney Channel original movies from like the late '90s, true early 2000s, because there watch are the a first, bunch of them.
1: Watch the first Xenon. Oh, Xenon so. But don't good. watch the rest.
0: Xenon's so good. Also, Johnny's Tsunami <laughs> and like. <laughs> brinks oh yeah. god also and like then then like we were just talking about i think it's called smart house something like that yeah but there's also one about like a bunch of teenagers that have to rob a bank very good yeah
1: there's also the hologram pop star that, uh, one, was all, that one was all right jewel no it uh, wasn't jewel but uh, might as well have been
0: oh uh, pixel perfect that's yeah pixel called. perfect yeah uh disney plus i mean disney original chip movies legit good
1: yeah so high Tasha, school musical yeah so <sighs> devonport learns them into school tasha's just like why the fuck doesn't matter just let them know it's like they have glitches when they get too emotional their powers go off and they have the ability to blow up from here to tijuana
0: i hope to god they're not in california they're in like maryland or something because that would be so much funnier
1: they live in anchorage alaska
0: <laughs> they, they could blow up from here to tijuana you mean <laughs> half the fucking globe yes half the fucking globe
1: yeah so, they both take off, and then we get a cut of the skull on the outside, and this is where we get the voice of Naruto, also known as Miley Flanagan. I don't know if I said her first name correctly. I know that's, like, the name of, like, a flower, and, like, I think that's how it's pronounced. It's Hawaiian? Just, just believe in yourself. Believe it! I was gonna do it, but you stole it from exactly. me! Exactly. You didn't take your chance. <laughs> so, now they're at a pep rally. Leo's super popular. He's signing shit. Uh, the guy with the broken fucking nose asks Barry to a party because I guess it's attractive when women break your nose. Yes. I, d- I don't know. The internet will say yes. I J-
0: justice. Have you not? Did you miss the entire dummy mommy trend on the internet?
1: I don't internet much, so
0: Resident Evil Eight brought out a weird part of a lot of the internet.
1: Yeah. Adam, the strong, dumb one, is being harassed by the dingo mascot and is getting really angry and um, eventually sets the dingo's head on fire with his heat vision.
0: Dingo ate my baby! Uh, yeah. Uh, see, that's funny because it's an internet huh. meme, but it's less funny when you when you find out that a dingo actually ate that woman's baby. If you don't yeah. know what I'm talking about, Google dingo ate my baby. Um.
1: So, at this point, it's when Leo learns about glitches. But it doesn't really matter because it immediately happens. Actually,
0: is it less funny because a dingo actually ate her baby? Or is that more funny? I know it's tragic that a dingo ate her baby, but I think it's more funny.
1: I don't know, man. So people freak out because there's a mascot running around on fire. Uh, Cheerleaders have just tossed a person, but they flee because a dingo on fire runs at them.
0: So the person comically falls out of the air? No,
1: Brie goes to catch them. But overshoots, so then they, yeah, they do. But she <laughs> super-speeds she super speeds across the gym and misses catching someone. That's
0: amazing.
1: Dev, and Tasha show up. The, yeah, yell at them. And tells them to get in the fucking helicopter. So he flew a fucking helicopter to the school. Get in the helicopter.
0: We're going home right now. God, being rich would be the best. Yeah. I mean- Fuck the rich. Yeah.
1: Eat, eat them. So then at the house, he's upset. And the first thing he says about being upset isn't the fact that people could have found that they were bionic, that they could have endangered anyone. It's that he had to pay the school 30 grand to keep quiet about it.
0: He has to be a billionaire. He
1: has a secret fucking lab underground, flew a helicopter to the fucking school. That helicopter probably cost like three grand for that flight alone.
0: I was going to say, three grand for a helicopter is, you have no idea the concept of a helicopter cost. No, no, no.
1: For the flight. Yeah, I, I, fuel, thought, you, I thought you were talking about the like
0: price of the helicopter. I was like... The fuck you mean? No. So he
1: can fuck right off. And, you know, the kids are just kind of mentioning, like, what they did at school and that it was fun. And, like, they don't really care. Tasha doesn't seem to be interested one way or another until Brie mentions that guy asked her out. And then she starts gushing over and planning a date. And Devin Portia's like, no. Sends them all to the basement. Bans them from ever having outside contact with the world. Leo's not allowed to interact with them.
0: <laughs> I can see that going well for the show.
1: Yeah. So then we are cut down to the lab. And another all right line here as i'm talking adam's just like so are all animals just cute girls on the inside (laughs) that's amazing because he's confused by what a mascot is yeah let's not give these teenagers any interaction with the outside world one of them thinks animals are filled with teenage girls now because you have taught him nothing that's amazing holy shit so at this point Chase the smart one questions. If Davenport really is a genius, because if so, why the fuck he make Adam so dumb? <laughs> Good question. So then, as they're commiserating in their misery, Leo shows up downstairs, takes them upstairs because he's hosting a party—the one that Bree got invited to. He's the one hosting the party.
0: Shouldn't that have been like mentioned? At some- nope okay
1: and they're like what if they come back and he's just like nah they're at dinner it'll be ours it's not ours no they're they must run at the party for like on screen like a minute two minutes they show back up Devonport gets upset um decides that the bionics are going to go to an off facility training site and um that's that's basically it for the episode
0: cool so though uh
1: tasha does point out that hey they're teenagers not just science projects leo's upset because as leo says they are his best friends but that's just sad man you've known them like a day
0: yeah sad yeah big sad uh
1: the end of the episode is actually the bionics are in the lab in their tubes talking about how it's sad that they're believing also they think leo's probably gonna miss them and adam's like yeah i really think he'll miss us then the camera pans down leo's just clutched to his leg asleep
0: that's also a funny gag. You said your your show had no funny. Look, there's tags. a really
1: r- shitty, douchey, rich person who just ruined the show for me. Like,
0: so what were your thoughts about Lab Rats? Because,
1: um, dude, it's so fucking bad. Especially the unethical treatment of human beings and the horribly rich asshole who runs it all and thinks he's so amazing and perfect. And I guess that, like, you point out, there are probably a few alright jokes, but they're played horribly in the show. The, like I think me just the, telling the you visu- about the jokes, the visual gag
0: of a cheerleading squad throwing somebody up and then all running away before that person lands will never not be funny in my brain.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's bad on screen. Oh. Like everything that I told you, I'm a, I think they're better told is happening than seeing the way this show's done them.
0: Fair enough. I but wouldn't.
1: You, I wouldn't watch more of the show. The show's bad. But You did like more of the show. I did. I had to.
0: Now for 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 Lab Rats, I I historically don't like British comedy. Yeah. This show is very not British comedy. Like, it's obviously a British show. But, like, it doesn't have the dry sense of humor that British shows normally have. And, like, in episode two we get in, we do get a little bit of dry British humor from one character specifically. Okay. But I, I found that if the rest of the show is all, like, ridiculous humor and there is one British dry humor character, Mm -hmm. the show is still funny. So, two things I learned. One, it's not that I don't like British dry humor, is I don't like shows where the entire humor taste is British dry humor. And two, the show is not good, it's just very funny sometimes.
1: Understandable, understandable. So, I think we can both come to one certain conclusion here, though, right? These definitely are the same show, it's not a fucking reboot or port or whatever, right?
0: No, obviously not. Yeah. Mine takes place at a university, yours takes place in a basement. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is two episodes. Yeah, though.
1: that is two episodes.
0: It's the first... It's the first two first episodes... Of two lab rats? Of lab rats. I think we did it. I, I, I think that it technically hits the qualifiers of our show... I do want to, I did, there was a joke from episode two I wanted to get to. Okay,
1: okay, I got this. We'll
0: speed run the second episode of Lamb Rats.
1: Okay. He hit on the, the important parts. Okay,
0: so episode two is entirely about Kara misunderstanding that okay. a, a human cryogenic chamber is not a freezer. She, okay. She uses it as a freezer, but instead, episode two is called a donor because a donor to the university left all his money if he died to the university. Yeah. But the university just put him in a cryogenic chamber and he went missing.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So they have to dethaw him and then get him back into the cryo chamber because Carr fucked up the, the cryo yeah. chamber by using it as a freezer opening and closing it all the time. So that's the main plot. The secondary plot is Mycroft finds out that there's a show on, on German television about the top 100 Nobel Prize winners of all time and he assumes he's going to be on it. But he's not. Um but the issue is he the lab doesn't have access to TV anymore because last time I had access to TV he bought a bunch of stuff from one of those home shopping networks and by a bunch yeah. of by a bunch of stuff I mean three saunas, um, hot tubs, three hot tubs, okay. on the university account so the lab no longer has TV. So he has to pull Brian into the scam to get TV into the lab by rewriting the fiber optics at the school. Okay. So the dean calls Alex to her office because there's a surprise inspection of their lab to make sure it's up to standards. So they have to hide that the owner is not dead and is in fact still alive because the inspector is inspecting the lab. And simultaneously, the dean locks Brian and Mycroft in her office because she doesn't want them, A, getting TV in the lab again because she's afraid of what Mycroft will do with it, and B, she wants them out of the way for the inspection. That's the long and short of it. But part of the inspector inspector's inspection is psychological evo- evaluations of all the lab via a seventy-two question um, questionnaire, which is funny because later he he says question seventy-eight. Okay. Um, but specifically what i wanted to hit on um he's he the only person we see him interview is alex and he has a whole bunch of questions for alex and this is i think question two on a scale from one to five one being often five being the largest which do you think is most applicable to you okay are they all like this alex says the inspector stares at him and he goes three i guess three and the inspector goes three it fills a bubble in on his sheet he goes racist nice <laughs> and then we jump forward a couple questions and he's like question five true or false Five. Um, some general chaos ensues Uh, Minty's upset this entire episode Because apparently, um, Sir Andrew The donor was you. frozen in the same outfit She's currently wearing today, which is a pink fuzzy top With purple tights um, Okay. And she's like, you can't just replace me by somebody Who wears the same clothes as me Eh, She's got very much Pam energy in this episode, and I love it. Okay. Um, Pam from Archer, if you don't know Archer. Um, We come back to Alex's interview, and we don't get the question this time, but Alex goes, three. And the guy notes it down. He goes, racist again. And Alex goes, oh, come on. Yeah. Very good joke. The end of the episode sees the inspector find the human cryogenic chamber, and he goes, this is a human cryogenic chamber. If you have anybody inside it, you're in very big trouble. And Alex goes, well, you know, appearances can be deceiving. And the inspector goes, are you telling me it's not a human cryogenic chamber? And Alex goes, no, I'm just telling you that appearances can be deceiving. Okay. So he opens up the cryogenic chamber, but it's all filled with food. Uh, the inspector pulls a piece, of, pulls a package of food out, reveals Andrew's face, but the inspector's looking at the food. So Alex steps in front of the door yeah. so he can't see it. And then the inspector gets a call on a cell phone. It's about his niece's birthday. He's like, I'll be right there. And okay. hangs up and runs off. The end of the episode sees Mycroft having hacked the satellite that the, the astronomy department uses to see the stars. Yes. He has hacked the satellite to aim it at a satellite dish in the sky so he can get German television via hooking a smaller satellite onto the back of Brian, who has to stand in a very specific position to catch the bounce off the after. Okay. Um, and he's using this giant projector that he bought via TV programs. Yeah. he says, the best part about this projector is when you plug it in, you don't have to turn the lights off. They just kind of... Turn off on their own. (laughs) Uh, Because it draws that much power. It's that big of a projector. So he plugs the projector in. They got the German show starting. And he then goes, oh, I need need to charge my phone so I can reflect all the text messages of people congratulating me on on being on this top 100 list. And he goes to plug his phone in. And the power goes out because... Too much. Too much. And then all three of them, Alex, Mycroft, and Carr, go, oh, for... And we get credits. Okay. Episode two, not as good as episode one, but it has a lot of good gags. The inspector is the dry humor character, by the way. He, yeah, yeah. He very much reminds me of like a lot of like Monty Python style sketches. Okay. I like I liked his character a lot. Sir Andrew the donor, who because he gets unfrozen and it's part of the whole hijinks going on, is a terrible character and. His humor is uh, like jackass style humor. Oh, gross. He just doesn't stop being not funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I can speed run my episode a lot faster. Cool. There's no B plot. (laughs) There's only one plot and it's a bad plot because this is Crash, Trap, and Burn part two. That's right. Our first two-parter. Is
0: it our first two-parter?
1: I think so. I think it's our first. I have to go back through. I I I think it is. I might be wrong. We start off with them all downstairs, and amusingly, Chase is just going around stealing office supplies, and the other person is like, if he can fucking chip us off, I can steal office supplies. I, I enjoy the, the pedantry there, like, fuck it. So, we see a flashback of the mall as toddlers, that thing that we already learned. Assumingly, you know, being taught science and stuff from a young age, also being indoctrinated by a rich asshole, which is why they all have to like him for some reason.
0: And not being taught anything about animals, apparently.
1: Yeah. And so then we see Leo upstairs. His mother's trying to comfort him. she's just like, "I can play video games and stuff with you." And she's like, "You're too old to learn new things. Just stop trying." <laughs> Except it's not told in that manner, so it's kind of a boring bad joke there. But they walk into the living room, where Davenport once again shows that he doesn't understand how to empathize or connect with other people. Because he has a giant tarp, and he has a surprise for Leo. It's robot versions of his friends! That's
0: hilarious. I'm betting the robot versions go, go haywire. No. Are they evil?
1: No. So, we see a brief bit of the robots and the bionics interacting... They're all three offended by their own representation as a robot, but their siblings find it amusing because it's just their core personality trait. So, ha, 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 here's the dumb thing about are, you.
0: Are they obviously robots, or is this a case of the actor it's, playing It's a case
1: too? of the actor playing the robot. Okay, okay. So, they send the kids off... We see Leo down in the basement later. The robots are there. They're making fun of him. Then he says he basically just tells him to fuck off multiple times. And then they take him as a threat. They uh, pretend to attack him. Oh, wait, they're not the robots. They switch down with the actual people and they sent the robots to the facility to train.
0: That's kind of clever, but not funny.
1: Yeah, no. So then they're hanging out, blah, blah, blah. Tasha thinks it's weird that Leo is hanging out with robots and not actual friends. So she asks Davenport to get rid of them. So Davenport decides to recycle them.
0: That seems like an issue. When so Leo gets people? back from
1: school. Leo gets back from school. Real people? Mm-hmm. And he's And he has no idea where the robots are. And Davenport, she's like, okay, so don't tell anyone. But we're going to be recycled. But don't tell anyone, though, because they're... They're definitely toxic. Him being a rich douchebag, again, who would have guessed? He's also sent what would assume be high-tech robots to just a normal recycling center.
0: Look, I've been to recycling centers. There's no way they get high-tech robots and go, yeah, I'm gonna crush that.
1: Yeah, they, like, go through what you send in most of the time for shit. So the bionics get to the recycling center. They're actually put into the recycling process because Adam's plan, because they went with Adam's plan, was to <laughs> avoid recycling by, like, hiding in the recycling truck
0: yeah that makes sense
1: mm-hmm. blah blah blah. they managed to escape and in the end evan impressed because they used their powers to avoid being recycled hey maybe you can learn stuff and have an actual life okay you can go to school i guess but you have to promise not glitch and do your best to control your powers and you still have to do your missions and you still have to train
0: i have a question
1: end of episode
0: how can you promise not to glitch you can't okay your show sounds terrible mine was funny
1: yeah <laughs> Oh, actually, we end on a gag of Davenport. My show also
0: ended on a gag. Yeah,
1: of Davenport, Leo, and the Bionics downstairs. And then we kind of just see that. And then we see Tasha and Davenport talking, and she's talking to him about sofa pillows. And he just agrees. And then she says something, and he starts to spark and stutter. And, oh, look at this. Davenport's avoiding both the responsibilities of being an actual partner and responsible as an adult, even for a menial conversation, by replacing it with a robot. Ha ha ha, funny, he's a piece of shit rich person.
0: (laughs) You really hate Davenport.
1: I do. He's a horrible, unethical human rights violation. Honestly, he's the one that deserves to be trapped in a tube and fed only pellets. (laughs)
0: So after two episodes, would you watch more of yours?
1: Only if they trap Davenport in two for the rest of the series and only feed him pellets.
0: I might watch more of mine. I'm not like that into it, but there's only six episodes. I've already watched a third of the series. It didn't get. It didn't get a second season, or is the Brit or is the Brits called a second series?
1: The one I watched has multiple seasons and a sequel series.
0: Disappointing. Why? Why did the less good one get a sequel? Although mine's an uh. award, mine's, mine's even an award winning show.
1: Because the one I watched is on the Disney Channel, so it only has to mildly appeal to young children who think it's entertaining and don't understand the horrible socioeconomic repercussions of what's going on on the show.
0: And mine was primetime television. And
1: thus, by indoctrinating them to believe the idea that, yeah, this rich person's kind of a dick, but he's funny, so he's actually really, really great, they can make you think it's okay to treat people like that, and that's okay to lord your wealth above people and treat them like shit, because you're better off than them.
0: The award that the British Lab Rats won was Worst New Sitcom of 2008.
1: Still better than the one I watched.
0: Anyways, I'm Josh. I'm Justice. Thank you for flying with us. If you want to get in contact with us and talk to us about Lab Rats, either the British version or
1: the Disney one. I'm or- not going to talk to you about the Disney one. We'll only do the British one. I haven't <laughs> watched it, but I'll only talk about that one.
0: You could reach us across numerous methods. You could reach us at Twitter at CopilotsReview.
1: You could reach us at Gmail at CopilotsReview at gmail.com.
0: You- or you can even find us on our own website at simplecast.copilots. Or you could even find us on our own websites at copilotsreview.simplecast.com,
1: which has a link to our Twitter, our email, our YouTube, and our Discord.
0: So feel free hit us up with any requests, any comments, or anything like that on there. And if you would would be so kind as to however you listen to the show, leave us a five-star review. Or a
1: review in general.
0: A five-star review.
1: That is our preferable.
0: And we would read that out on the episode and even say your name. Because we're famous people, so you want us to say your name.
1: Or I guess if you don't want us to say your name, include that in your review and we won't say your name. Also yeah no and if even that's like too much or the app you're working on doesn't seem to like actually give you a spot post reviews the actual best thing you can do even annoying reviews is refers to a because that's all a review basically does. It just refers us to giant entity who might refer to someone else.
0: It refers us to all of your friends, and by friends, I mean people you don't know. Yeah. Whereas if you t- if you turn to your friend in real life and was like, Hey, have you heard this of uh, this podcast called Co-Pilots Review? They're kind of not funny, and they they kind of review shows. You should listen to them. Your friend will look at you and be like, That's a horrible pitch, but okay, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, thanks again for flying with us.
1: Please fly again soon.
0: about april fool's day or
1: nope we didn't last time
0: you think they'll get it
1: i mean they might get it i don't fucking know